Back here on this Saturday morning, Sports Medicine Weekly, I'm Steve Cashel. This week joined by my co-host, Dr. Nick Verma, head team physician for the Chicago White Sox from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. He's also an orthopedic surgeon filling in this week for Dr. Brian Cole. It's time now for our Ask the Doctor segment on Sports Medicine Weekly, giving our listeners the opportunity to have our doctors address their specific sports injury issues. Very easy to get involved. Go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. On the homepage of our website, look for the picture of Dr. Cole and yours truly on the right side, and click on that link, and you can ask the doc a question. Got a couple good ones here for you, Doc, before we say goodbye on this Saturday morning. First one, uh, this is always interesting. This is good for the parents, for the players out there. The you know, usually it's in the parents' uh, decision making uh, rather than the kids. But what's the difference between Tylenol or Advil or Motrin, and how do I know which one I should be taking? Yeah, it's a great question, Stephen. It's one that I think most people don't really understand the differences. As an example, I see patients in the office all the time, and I say, "Hey, have you been taking any anti-inflammatories?" And they say, "Oh yeah, I've been taking Tylenol pretty regularly." And so I think there's a misconception sometimes that these medications are the same, but they're really two very specific and different classes of medications. So Advil is within the family of what we call non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications. And these are very commonly used. We use them probably as our workhorse uh, pain management and anti-inflammation solution within orthopedics. So the class of medication includes things like Advil or uh, Aleve would be probably the two most common over-the-counter. Motrin too? Motrin is the ibuprofen. It's the same. It's the it's the brand name for the generic name, which is ibuprofen. Okay. So Advil, Motrin, those are all the same Aleve, medication yeah. itself. And then the prescription versions would be things like Celebrex or Voltaren or Meloxicam or Mobic. So there's a variety of non-prescription and prescription aspects. Te- uh, Advil is really designed to decrease inflammation and, as a result, improve pain. So we use it commonly for muscle strains. We use it for arthritic conditions. Uh, It can be useful for things like headaches, but it's really primarily derived and its pain relief action comes from its anti-inflammatory action. The important thing to recognize about that family of medications is the side effects. And the the three biggest side effects that we see are number one, makes your stomach upset. So it gives you reflux type symptoms. And if they're used excessively, can even cause an ulcerative type situation. So we always recommend that patients uh, take it with food. So try not to take those types of medications on an empty stomach. Number two is it can raise your blood pressure. So if you're somebody that already has high blood pressure, you should be very cognizant of watching your blood pressure, and if you start to see that creep up over time, probably not a medication you should use over the long term. And number three is it can create a kidney function problem. So if you're on it, if you have an arthritic condition, for example, and you're going to take it over a period of several months, make sure that your general medical physician knows that you're on it so they'll follow your labs. Tylenol is just a pain reliever. We use it for headaches or other pain symptoms. It doesn't decrease inflammation, so it's not as useful in sports. The biggest issue with Tylenol is the effect on the liver. And if you take too much Tylenol, specifically over a short period of time, you can actually put yourself into acute liver failure. So you need to be very careful about using that medication in high dosage. The good news is that you can take them together. So as you know, there's been a lot of talk recently about how do we decrease opioid addiction and how do we decrease the use of narcotic medications. One of the ways is we now use, after surgery, high doses of Tylenol and high doses of an anti-inflammatory in the short term. And for many of the surgical procedures that I do, we can probably avoid uh, narcotics altogether by using these medications in a smart way. Wow, great stuff. Really interesting. Let me get one more in. I think we have time. Here's our next question. Is there really such a thing as good fats? If so, what are some examples? Yeah, great question, right? Because all we hear about in the news today is 
fats, fats, fats. You got to stay away from the fats. But there's good fats and there's bad fats. There's good cholesterol and there's bad cholesterol. And the reality is we cannot exist without fats. Fats are one of the major source of energy for us. And they're also very important in absorbing some of our vitamins. So we call them fat-soluble vitamins, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin K. You can't get them into your body unless you have an appropriate source of fats along with them. So actually, people who have trouble absorbing fats, for example, can develop severe deficiencies in these vitamins. Good fats are unsaturated. They come mainly from vegetables, nuts, seeds, and fish. And basically, you can differentiate them because good fats are a liquid at room temperature. So you can think about that like as a vegetable oil, right? That's a good source of fat. You see that in your cabinet. It's, it's a liquid at, at, uh, uh, at room temperature. The good news is that it's all about balance, right? All of us want to have a nice steak or some other type of, uh, I guess, cheat food at some point. And you can do that, but you just need to make sure that you're balanced between taking in enough fats on the good source and the bad source. We all get our labs checked once a year by our, by our primary docs, and we should. And the ratio that lo they'll look at for you is what's called an HDL to LDL, so high-density lipids versus uh, low-density lipids. And having good cholesterol at a higher level is actually protective of uh, heart disease in the same way that having bad cholesterol at a high level is a risk factor for heart disease. So talk to your doctors. Uh, nutritionists are, are uh, out there. They can help you to understand this, and moderation is the key. Absolutely. Great stuff, Doc. Appreciate you joining us and uh, filling in for Dr. Brian Cole. And um, good luck with the White Sox coming up in spring training. Uh, really just a couple of weeks, and uh, you got a great thing going down there. Congratulations to the guys putting together thanks that White Sox roster. Have a great season. Many thanks to our producer as well. He is Shane Reardon, our coordinating producer, Tracy Toro. Also want to thank David Cole for managing our website and our business operations. Then we thank Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Nick Verma, filling in this week for Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cash. We say so long from here. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on The Score. Up next on The Score, Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Be back with a brand new edition of Sports Medicine Weekly next Saturday, 8 a.m., only on 670 The Score.